You're listening to the RUV English podcast. To hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is slash English. Hello, it's RUV English. I'm Darren Adam. Thank you again for your company. I find myself once again in Isafjörður in the Westfjords today. I'm with Ingeborg Rosa Björnstotir, who is the marketing and web manager at the University Centre of the Westfjords here in Isafjörður. And we have much to discuss Ingeborg, not least the teaching of Icelandic, because this was a big story from the last seven days or thereabouts. The online teaching of Icelandic as a second language is to begin this year at the University of Iceland. It's already the most popular subject, but it's now going to be taught online. And where we're sitting right now is going to be the centre for that, isn't it? So what is planned? Um, yeah, as you said, the centre for it in the West Church to start with, uh, but we have, we're ambitious. Um, yeah, I mean, we've, I don't know if it's because West Church has a lot of immigrants already and has had for years, but um, it's always been, without being like a forced thing, we've always encouraged um, foreigners here. We have a lot of foreigners who settle down here and... Um, work and, and study we've always encouraged them to learn Icelandic not just because they live in Iceland but because that's how you become included in society and that's mm. how it's easier for you if you learn the uh, language so that's always been sort of a motto in Westfjords and I think people notice that when they come here on a visit everybody greets you in Icelandic and, and say tak at least you know mm. in cafes mm. and restaurants um and we have actually been, um, last year we started this sort of campaign, Give Me Slenskushens, or it's now called Give Me Slenskushens. And we, it means that those who want to learn Icelandic should give it a chance and, and try and speak, even though, you know, just a little bit. Uh, don't, don't be shy. Mm. And also for those who speak Icelandic really well, to give it a chance rather than switch over to English mm. or whatever mm. language. Um, it's usually English. Um, and and allow people to try and just speak slower and uh, use simpler words or sentences mm. um, because it's in everybody's benefit if if we can make one community despite, mm. you know, the multinational uh, combination. I, I think, and this is particularly a British thing, coming from the UK, we're at a double disadvantage, not an insurmountable one, but there are two problems. Firstly, we are rubbish in the UK at learning other languages. There's this historical arrogance, which I hate, which means that certainly when I was at school, which is not that long ago, um, we didn't learn a second language at all until the age of 14. And even then there was one and you can get rid of it by 16. So, so that's just insane. That just doesn't fit with how people's brains work when they're learning languages. Secondly, we do struggle with cases. We do struggle with the idea that words change as seemingly randomly as they do in Icelandic. It is a difficult language to learn, but it's it's wonderful, isn't it, that this initiative is now in place? And let's get back to that, the online learning that will be possible. Because for so many people, getting to a building to learn a language is going to be difficult apart from anything else. This fits into people's lives more easily, doesn't it? Uh, yes, you can. Uh, the diploma, there's a, a diploma in Icelandic as a second language, can easily be um, taken along with a job. Um, so the classes that are online are offered in the morning or in the afternoon, and you can 
you know, have a full-time job and learn Icelandic yes. um, as, as a, like a proper language learning. And yeah, I mean, the University of Iceland, they just said, you know, it's, it's the most applications mm-hmm. uh, are to uh, Icelandic as a second language. 640. Yeah. So that just shows how, how, you know, people, well, not only are we getting more people, immigrants and, and you know, people in Iceland or foreigners in Iceland, but also they want to learn Icelandic um, because unfortunately, well, maybe thankfully, um, we we haven't completely shifted to English. Mm-hmm. And also a lot of immigrants in Iceland don't speak English that well. So that's not going to help. Mm-hmm. So Icelandic should be the main language. Um, and this this opportunity, it's just going to open so many doors um, especially in West Yards, mm-hmm. where people maybe live in Sudavik or, or um, further away and, you know, the roads are... Uh, well, yeah. the weather is not always good in, in winter. It's worth just underlining that for anyone who's not familiar with the geography of the West Fjords, the, the scale of the place just in terms of getting around. Once I finish our conversation here, I'm off to Holmavik, which is also in the West Fjords, but will take me nearly three hours to get there and nearly three hours to get back. And that is because the roads are so twisty. And that's a function of the geography. So you're right, if someone is even 20, 30, 40 kilometers away, that could still be a significant uh, investment in time to get to a physical location. Yeah, and, and um, it's just, if you're going to go to a language course four times a week, it's it's <laughs> not great. But yeah, so this is going to be, I think this is going to be a massive uh, shift for and not just for the west coast but you know north of iceland as well yeah. um it's sort of like bringing the the icelandic studies to the people rather than saying well if you can't come then you just don't learn Icelandic. Don't learn, yeah. 21st of august is when those classes begin another big story this week is the well the latest report i guess to conclude that eastlands banky was not compliant with the law during the share sale that went on, the sale of shares in itself, 22.5% of the bank sold in March 2022. This comes from a report by the Financial Supervisory Authority of the Central Bank of Iceland, uh, which has now been published. And, I mean, no great surprises here from what we knew already, but this is a really stern, blistering report, isn't it? Oh, yeah. Uh, it, it was no surprise. And um, what what surprised me is that Nobody had already, you know, resigned because mm. they knew this report mm. was coming. We all knew what was happening. Um, we've known this since March last year. So, um, yeah, just yet another, I can't say the word. There's a word you wanted to use before yeah. we started recording. Um, it's just, uh, yeah, again, we. it's not that long since the, the, mm. the banks collapsed. We remember that. So... We're kind of not surprised, but um, disappointed, definitely. Well, I reflected on this last week on the show, that Iceland famously is the country that jailed the bankers. Now, it jailed the bankers not for being bankers, but for doing illegal things. And we're not illegal in this conversation, but it will surprise a lot of people outside of Iceland that there is, on the face of it, another banking scandal again, so close to what happened. Yeah, I know. We should have learned yeah. from experience. And that's I think that's why people are so angry now, because, um, you know, this was our share in the bank. And we thought 
or we hoped that they had learned from mm. the past and clearly they haven't there were some um the inner structure lacked something you know i mean if you are going to do this if you if you've had such a past you're going to um sell a huge share of the public the public share in a bank Sh shouldn't you have prepared better and just made sure it was absolutely to mm. the highest standard that's what's so surprising well for me it's the scale of the problems it's the number of the problems it wasn't just that there was one catastrophic thing that went wrong there were lots and lots and lots of things right down to and again we reflected on this last week on the show when when do you ever phone your bank and not hear a message saying this call is being recorded for quality and training purposes. These calls were not being recorded even. I know. It's just, it shows such a, I don't want to use the word malicious, but like there's this duality clearly and, and something's going on behind the scenes that shouldn't be and, and we're, we're not, we don't know about until after. Mm. But that's also the audacity. Of course we were going to find out, of course this was going to come out. Uh, the Minister of Finance's father, I don't care what their relationship is, but the father should be absolutely sure that, you know, my son is the minister, I can't be involved in this. A lot of this is just common sense or feels like it should have been common sense. It feels sense. like it. It feels like it. it. just And it feels like those in charge, ministers and, and, and you know, the bankers, whatever, mm -hmm. just feel that they can get away with stuff or they know better or they can they can keep this away. When after the uh, bank, bank collapsed, we everything we asked for was... Um, should be transparent. We should know what's happening, especially since this is our share in a bank. Yeah. I'm not happy that we have a share in a bank, but at least, you know, take care of our money. Mm -hmm. Talking of which, um, a related, well, a not unrelated story, I suppose. And if you're looking for good financial news, you can just about see it here if you squint, I suppose. Inflation is below 9% for the first time in a year. Hurrah! Yes, hooray. Oh, we're so happy. No, I mean, it's it's a good sign. Hopefully, it's the start of it going down. Like, But it's just... Uh. Of course, what it might mean is that the bank might look at this, the central bank might look at this and say, well, this proves that high interest rates are working. Therefore, we're going to keep interest rates high for longer, which is, again, something people will not want to hear. Absolutely not. Um and yeah, it's it, it's a very it's I can't be completely happy about it. Obviously, I'm happy that inflation is going down, but it's so forced, mm -hmm. and that's that's the only reason they managed to get it down. Um, and if this means that interest rates are not going down again, then oh <laughs> yeah, because there have been thirteen rises in a row. Yeah, and no appetite for a fourteenth. No, <laughs> there's absolutely no. Uh, but I I fear that there is going to be, or we're going to be at a standstill for a while and that's not what we want to hear there's another big story which again this is a moving story so by the time you hear this conversation when the episode is published on monday may have moved on it's been moving very quickly during the course of the week this is the forced auction the recent sale of a house in keplavik for an incredibly low three million kroner uh, the owner of the house who owned the house outright had failed to pay various utility bills because he'd failed to pay those bills, ultimately, it ended up with his house being 
repossessed to pay the bills. This is Jakub Palowski, uh, who received substantial compensation as a result of medical errors years ago, very sensibly used the money to buy his house and now finds himself facing homelessness. Although, as we say, the situation is moving quickly. Town Council are trying to find a way through this for him. So I don't know where we'll be by Monday, but at the moment it's a mess. Well, hopefully by Monday he'll have his house. So here's a guy who's been uh, twice mistreated by Iceland. Um, he was... Um, He's, he's a wheelchair user after some medical mistakes, obviously very serious, and was compensated for that, which is great, you know. Uh, but then his, he loses his house. He loses the entire amount of money that he was, he was given in, in compensation because of this. And I, I just feel he, he and his family didn't get enough support from what I hear um, and I guess well I guess I I suspect nobody cared enough at the time to like provide an interpreter to provide mm -hmm. the you know support to s explain to them you know you you need to pay these fees to keep your house and you have to do it before this date I just I it has it smells of that a little bit yeah. there are two very strange elements to the story there is that that it was possible to get to the stage where basically a forced auction was going to take place. So that's strange for the reasons you've outlined. But what's also incredibly strange is that this house was sold and the bid was accepted at 3 million kroner. The house is worth 60 million kroner. That's 20 times as much. And that is what lots of people are looking at and saying, as much as anything else, how strange is this? Yes. Well, it's not strange, is it? It smells of corruption or, or some... Which would be denied, of course. Would we be having this conversation if perhaps the house had been sold for its market value? Would this be a story in that case? Um, I think it would be a story still, uh, because, I mean, it's so cruel to, to allow this to go that far. Um, and this, this guy, a disabled guy... He has no means of working and, and buying another house. No. So, but yeah, no, it's definitely that uh, the, the outrage is because of that. I mean, what happened? And apparently, and, and you reported this, um, it's not an individual who bought the house. I mean, that might make it easier to appeal to them and say, obviously, this shouldn't have happened. Yes. Can we reverse the sentence? Yes. Uh, just appeal to their... Conscious. Because if it's not an individual who's thinking, I've just had the bargain of a lifetime, mm -hmm. it's going to be easier to persuade a company than, than a person who thinks they won the lottery. I think so. I think yeah, so. Yeah, um, yeah. So I'm hoping, as I say, on Monday when this airs, that this will be old, old news and, and the guy gets his house back. Well, as we sit here on Friday morning, this was to have been the day that he was going to be evicted with his family. However, he will be and they will be allowed to continue living in the house at least until the town council can secure social housing for them. So he's not, they're not having to move yet. So that's something. And hopefully that's the direction things are moving in. Yeah. I mean, thankfully, they're not being thrown out on the street. And hopefully the, the town council it is stepping up and I hope um, the results will be good. But yeah, the mm. town council is doing the only right thing in this situation, I think. Yeah.
A story that we reported during the week as well that I find quite interesting because I find politics interesting. Referenda will now take place on the merger between Tuckenfjörder district and Vesterbyg in the southern part of the Westfjords. And this would unite not just the town of Tuckenfjörder but the surrounding district with the district of Vesterbyr, uh, which contains the towns of Patricksfjörder and Bjordala and various others as well. And you look at it on a map and it, I mean, I guess it, it makes sense for these two municipalities to get together. The mayors think it's going to happen. Can you give any reason why it shouldn't? Um, well, no, I, th- I think there's a, there's, a, there's a support for it and it makes sense in so many ways. Again, if you look at the map, it looks like it's close, but this is the West Shores. I'm not saying it's, it's you know, terrible conditions, but, you know, in winter, the, mm. the, the roads are a bit longer. Yes. <laughs> the distance is a bit more than, than usual. Um, I think the only fear that people have, because we see people understand that this is um, a wise decision if if wise merger if it happens because it's you know if you pull things you know put everything in one pool it's it should be easier to provide services mm-hmm. and, and distribute money and stuff the only thing is that we have this here in the west Yours, it's happened we have this um which includes thinkery flattery sudrere the fear is that the smaller uh, communities, the smaller, um, yeah, community like mm. the, the former independent communities, that, which are further away from the mid, the main center, sort of mm-hmm. get a bit neglected. Um, I'm not saying that's what's happening here, but there, there's been uh, uh, discussions about yes. that. The upside, as the mayors see it, is that there would be tunnels being built, more tunnels being built to unite these communities so that all year round it forms one location where people can work and live. So you can live in any part of this new super municipality and and work in another and live in another and, and the weather will not get in the way. So that seems to be a prerequisite for this. Yes, absolutely. And and if, um, if that's what it takes, then I think... Um the people in the in the South Westfields will do that because tunnels. We need more tunnels. We need better tunnels. We need wider tunnels. Uh, I mean, there's been a great development since I don't know 20, 25 years ago. The first time I started coming to the Westfields because I'm not from around here. Um, the the work on Dinyandishede that is being done carried out right now um, is going to be. I mean, when it finishes, it's already improved conditions really a lot. Um, when it, that's finished in mm. 2025, it's going to be a huge um, positive thing for not just people of Westfjords, but for the rest of Iceland. To, to, it should be easier to come to the Westfjords, whether it's for work or studying here mm-hmm. at the university centre mm-hmm. or, or just travelling. Um, for instance, I was um, I was living in Flateri all winter, and I drove to Reykjavik quite a few times to see my family, and I was able to go over Dinjantishede all of the times except one. And yeah. <laughs> so it's it's I just we need more tunnels, and people in the rest of Iceland, no offense, <laughs> but if you're talking about having some tunnels made just to make it an easier ride somewhere in the south. You know, you don't know what you're talking about. 
until you come to the West Coast. We need the tunnels first. Right. So you're not saying that the Kvalfjörður tunnel is a vanity tunnel then? It's, it... <laughs> no, no, absolutely not. It's there and it's definitely, you know, yeah. getting... Um, neat. I, I remember when we first came to Iceland in 1998, it was before that tunnel was open. Yeah. And it's a much longer way around to get to, to Borganes, say, or even Aklanes. Uh, from from Reykjavik if that tunnel's not in place. I know, it was a huge improvement, yeah, yeah, which yeah. is why tunnels here would, would be, be a, a huge improvement because yeah. I can live in Platter and work in Isafirder uh, easily and I, I've also been working for uh, the Blue Bank in Thinkeri and it's easy for me to go there, but there's no tunnel, so I have to take the weather more in, in, in mm -hmm. consideration. And the first time we drove in the Westfjords through the, the tunnel that connects the places that you mentioned, I was surprised to see a junction in the middle of the tunnel. I thought, wow, they're really committed to this. Oh, yeah. <laughs> it's the coolest tunnel in Iceland. Um, it needs to be widened, that, that part from Sudrede, the junction to, to Flatere, because yes. uh, the traffic is getting so, there's so much more traffic, especially in summer with tourists, but also because, because it's now one municipality, people are more working in, in Isafir, they're living in Thinkeri or vice versa, or, you know, they, they are, there's more, the, the places are more connected. Mm -hmm. And that's why we need um, more tunnels or, or better uh, roads. Amen to that. Ingeberg, thank you very much indeed. Ingeberg Rosa Bjornsdottir, uh, who is the marketing and web manager here at the University Centre of the Westfjords. And, and just briefly, we've touched on some of what is happening here, of course, with the online learning of Icelandic as a second language. What have you, I mean, I'm not going to reveal the contents of your, your planning wall here in terms of your strategy, but a lot clearly going on, a busy time. Ah, yes. I mean, we are uh, opening a new student housing this autumn, so we have we have more space for more students. We are, of course, getting new students this summer, mm. but well, in August. But until then, we also we have um, students coming from abroad on uh, special programs um, from Vermont and, and the States, etc. And we have researchers coming all over the year. So yeah, we're always busy. We, we, we don't close for summer. There's so much going on here. So yeah, there's a lot of work to do. Mm. Obviously, we, we have a unique master's programs in Iceland where uh, nobody else offers these master's programs and they're open to not just Icelanders but all over the world so we have very international uh, master's students community here um, so yeah big plans big plans big plans I'll let you get on with them thank you very much indeed this is Roof English I'm Darren Adam and you can get in touch anytime we are English at ruv.is you're listening to the Roof English podcast to hear more and for all the news from Iceland in English, just head to ruv.is English.